This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back again. We're talking about the uh, new hotel going in downtown uh, Greenville, the Fickling, in which there was a $5 million grant. <laughs> it's a gr- I guess technically you call it a grant. Your taxpayer funds will somehow go into it. But, um, I mean, they're handing it out. I guess it's just as well that Greenville gets some, right? I, I shouldn't say that, though. I mean, you, you got to have to pay this money back. Our grandkids are going to have to pay this money back. I, it, you know, it would be nice if we could just say, no, nah, we're not going to spend it, and we'll just somehow give it down to our grandkids. Anyway. Well, Greenville may not have to pay it back, but tax somebody. Somebody is. Somebody will. But uh, David Horn, who is a familiar name if you listen to ECU Sports, um, he he uh, texted me and said it's the old Ficklin warehouse on uh, near Ninth Street, and I had forgotten that was down there. But uh, that sort of looks like a hotel. I mean, it's a uh, I guess it's the uh, the office building that went along with the uh, warehouse. Looks like it's three stories high. It's a pretty good sized building. So uh, apparently that's going to be redone into a, a nice food hall and hotel. A lot of bricks in that building. There are a lot of bricks in that building. <laughs> Take a look at your weather forecast. Tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly before 9, a low around 74. It was actually on the way in. The sun was out, and the blue sky was uh, coming through here in the Greenville area. Um, Thursday night, um, well, tomorrow, there's a chance of thunderstorms after 2 o'clock. Otherwise, sunshine high near 92. Then tomorrow, pretty much the same uh, carbon copy of what we're going to have tonight, a 30% chance of rain low in the low to mid-70s. Friday, showers and thunderstorms likely after 2 p.m., a high near 89. So, uh, unfortunately, a lot of wet in the forecast, but uh, the temperatures are a little bit more moderate. Weather brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. So it is uh, once again that time where the census information is in. Late, better late than never, I guess. To talk about that, to talk about the budget, North Carolina State Senator Jim Perry, who serves Lenore and Wayne County, District 7 in the North Carolina Senate, is with us right now. Jim, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. So uh, the, the next two big items that I guess you all are wrestling with would be, one, the budget, and then, two, putting out the new uh, district maps for any, anything from the town council, I guess, to the United States Congress. Uh, Probably the easier, faster question to ask you is about the budget. We were talking about that earlier in the week, and it sounds like you actually have a bipartisan budget that Democrats and Republicans, so far they voted for it. I guess the question is, will the final vote be a a super veto-proof majority? Yeah, and that's that's always the the million-dollar question. Uh, we had uh, nine Democrats vote for the budget in the House. We need three to uh, make it veto-proof. And uh, we had four in the Senate, and we need two to make it veto-proof. But, you know, those those initial votes, while 
they're important, and I, and I think they're a great signal. You know, it's like having a, a, a check for a million dollars. What what really matters is when that check clears, <laughs> yeah. And the and the money's in the bank. So we you know we continue to engage in conversation, and you don't start working on uh, potential veto overrides during budget season. I mean, you, you start doing that a year in advance, and uh, you work on relationships and understanding what the you know what 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 individuals need in their districts you know what's going to be so important to their people and and kind of where they are and you have to build you have to build as much trust as you can what do you see as the highlights especially for eastern north carolina in this budget oh the the amount of infrastructure uh spending that is available is is phenomenal you know for for eastern north carolina and i'm talking about the things that aren't you know, true, true infrastructure, it, yeah, real infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, real, real infrastructure. I'm not talking about uh, babysitters and, and house cleaners. Um, you know, the, the amount of uh, wastewater uh, treatment money that we have. You know, pipes under the ground. It just they, they aren't a sexy topic, and people, you know, they're slow to invest in them over the years. And as we've lost populations and, and had uh, as we've lost population, had fewer users on those systems. You know, it became harder and harder uh, to to have an, enough revenue generated to take care of it. So, having having dollars available for that, we you know we've got some huge construction projects uh, available. Uh, we've got some transformational dollars for the Global Trans Park at a Brody School of Medicine uh, investments uh, in the Trans Park to help expand the the footprint, so to speak, for FRC East and support our military. You know, that transport has been a boondoggle for so many years, yeah. and I, I'm really excited to see the, the path they're on now and, and catering to uh, that military space and sector. And, that you know, that's just something that, that's good for our entire state. Our, our military is our, our second largest economic driver. Uh, but could you imagine what would happen if we, we have declines, continued declines in farming and military in eastern North Carolina? Uh, so it's a big deal to be able to provide some things that they – uh, can't get anywhere else. So, you know, the, the infrastructure spending uh, that we have, the, the additional projects that we have available. But one of the biggest things my constituents are excited about is the, the flood mitigation. You know, depending upon where you add it up, you, you could see projects uh, totaling several uh, hundred million dollars uh, have been proposed. But what we realize we need a comprehensive blueprint going in and early discussions with the house have been very positive on that we we're tired of hearing people talk about it we want to make some progress you know i think of the town of trenton it seems like once every 10 years they they get flooded out i mean those are kind of things that we're going to actually come in and do something that's a little bit more permanent a little bit more uh steadfast and and that we don't have these you know decade old i mean you know a lot of floods say well this is once every 500 years it seems like trenton is once every 10 years yeah, so and the the thing we want to do is approach it in a very comprehensive manner and have a have a real plan in place. Louisiana is the gold standard in the United States in terms of comprehensive flood planning and resilience and um you know, just buyouts buyouts solve some problems for some people, but when we lose the tax base, we lose the population, people, you know, lose the ability to live where they want to live. That, that's not a good long-term fix. I don't know if you guys paid attention to the census data. But, you know, we're already hard hit in eastern North Carolina yeah. with yeah. population losses over the last decade. Uh, and we, we, can't, we can't allow this to continue. We can't stop it. 
but we can certainly uh, mitigate it and, and ease some of those impacts and, and help our, our citizens. Yeah, uh, Jim, I was reading earlier in the week that it uh, seems like you and uh, Representative John Bell from Wayne County has been working hard on this flood mitigation, and, and I, th- I think it's something that, you know, eastern North Carolina, I, I'm as pro-development as anyone. I'm a, I'm a capitalist, but, you know, there's been so much development west of us um, that eastern North Carolina, I mean, hey, we, we're where everything flattens out, and and, and, and we're I mean, I think we're, you know, getting the brunt of the, the development runoff and everything down this way. And it's glad to see that you guys are working so hard to, because everybody's talked about it, but nobody's done anything to it, I think, since you got, until you guys got in the middle of it. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have um, John Bell as the, the House Majority Leader. And, he, you know, he's, he's such a good friend. Uh, we've got such a, a, a trustful relationship. But, you know, he's a, he's a powerhouse over there. It's good to have him. And, and I think... You know, one thing, when you you look at the folks involved here, and I've got Senator Danny Britt, I've got Representative Brendan Jones, Representative Chris Humphrey, uh, I've got Democrats. I've got uh, Brian Farkas over in Pitt County, Don Davis has been helping. The the difference for us, and Mike Lazara down in in Onslow uh, as a Republican, but the the difference for us is we've lived through this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we've looked people in the eyes who, who have water coming into their homes or folks have been displaced for... I don't mean months. I mean years. Yeah. So it's you know it's very real, and uh, we we've been uh, holding together well during this process, and we've got some great general agreement on directionality with the house, and we want to uh, we want to plant a flag and, and make a difference. Well, you know, when you talk about these things that are the, the infrastructure pieces, especially the flood mitig- mitigation, which it's it's. It's really not an option. I mean, it's a necessity if, if we're going to continue to, you know, inhabit eastern North Carolina. Yeah. How how could the—I mean, he could do it, but how could the governor possibly veto this and, and, and you know, live live to see another day, another <laughs> political day? I, well, first of all, I, I don't think he's going to veto the budget. Okay. Now, you know, I don't know all things. But I, like you, I, I think it would be very hard. But the the biggest reason I think he's not going to veto the budget is I, I believe that there's been a number of Democrats who uh, tried it his way last time and stood with him, and it didn't work out well. And, you know, they are accountable to their constituents. And some of them have, have looked me in the eyes, and, you know, I'm, I'm the whip. I count the votes. So I, I know where they are and what conversations they've had internally. But this is a budget unlike one we are likely to see again in our lifetime um, with the mix of state and federal dollars. I frankly hope we don't see the federal dollars again because I, I worry about that. Right. But even state dollars, you know, we've got, we've got so much cash uh, available for meaningful projects. I'm, I'm not talking about building a bridge to nowhere. I mean things that – you know, for basic necessities and life needs and, and, and things that we really need to do to, to make life livable for our, our folks, especially in the eastern part of the state. Let me take you back to the Transpark uh, just for a moment before we get into the redistricting. I, I, what, how is this, the allocations that you've got set aside for the Transpark, is it going to look significantly different? Is there going to be a paradigm shift in how the Transpark is currently being used, or is this just an expansion of what is already there. 
So uh, it's a it's a change in philosophy, and it, it it's funny as we looked at the original plan they, they talked about uh, focusing on the military, and I, and I think that we somewhat lost sight of that over time, and it's a focused effort instead of chasing manufacturing projects, which frankly we don't have the workforce for. Uh, we don't have the amenities in our community to get a lot of uh, large companies to up and move here overnight. Plus, it's so competitive. Um, they they really it's a brilliant strategy. I give credit to, uh, to John Rouse and Mark Pope and and their their board. Um, they saw this this window of opportunity, uh, and and they're in proximity to the bases. So if if you think about FRC East being the the largest private employer east of ninety five and the needs that our military footprint has in terms of, of being a, a MRO or, or a maintenance organization to keep mm-hmm. those planes in the air, mm-hmm. keep the helicopters in the air, keep them painted, uh, the, the type of skill that it takes for those folks. They've only got so much room uh, down in Onslow County. Well, we've got available room, and also uh, military construction dollars, MILCON dollars, are, are tough to come by at the federal level. So the, the transport has the ability to float bonds. And they can borrow money very inexpensively and build buildings that the military can't get with, with Milcon money right now and uh, get a, a premium on the lease from the federal government. Well, it also expands that footprint. It, it protect, makes us more protected from BRAC because, you know, we've got all of these resources here in close proximity. That because they're close together, you don't spend a lot of money flying from location to location. I mean, right. it's, it's just a great strategy. And they needed it. You know, they're somewhat landlocked down there. Um, moving the, the Hueys uh, up to uh, Seymour Johnson makes room. I'm moving up to GTP makes room for uh, F-35s down there, adding a new line. Uh, we have additional jobs for folks with that skill set. We keep them here in the state. You know, we're working hard to get a, uh, a tax cut path for those who are military retirees to try to get rid of state income tax for them. We are trying to be as military friendly as possible, and I think that the uh, the transport finally has a, a plan and a pathway that is is executable. Would you uh, expect there to be a mix of civilian and military at the transport once this is up and running? Yeah, you know what we have now with uh, with FRCs is government contractors. You know, so it's it's civilian employees. Uh, so I, I would always think that that would probably be the, the largest sector. Right. It'd be folks serving and supporting um, the military. So the military would probably just be shuttling the uh, planes and helicopters in and out while civilians would be working on them, I'm assuming. Simple way, yeah, simple yeah. way to think of it. We also have some uh, agricultural possibilities and tie-ins that I know that, uh, Norris Tolson, the chair of the board, has been working on. So I'm, you know, I'm finally excited about this. I remember years ago, Thing an announcement about fifty thousand jobs. I think by can't remember if it was nineteen ninety or two thousand, but you know, clearly we we fallen a little short of that. But it uh, it is cash flowing. It's doing well. We've got a great plan and many things on the way. Well, I, I ran for the state senate back in ninety six, and the the they had already started the project, and it was right in those controversial years. Or you know, what are we going to do with this thing? I was at at the time. I said, "Well, let's turn it into a uh, an amusement park." And I was I was serious at the time. You know, let's let's open a Bush Gardens or something like that because it yeah. wasn't working uh, on, on the original plan. But yes, it has turned, and and now it is making a profit. 
Um, Senator, can you hang with us? We've got to take a break, but I want to talk about redistricting. Can you hang with us for a couple of minutes? Yeah, sure can. Okay. Stay with us. We'll be back with Senator Jim Perry right after this. Yeah, there's a couple of um, <clears throat> contractors out there now. One of them's uh, Dracar. I'm, I know some of those guys. They're um, they're the guys that do the uh, or Draken is the name of the company. New 